You're listening to The Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Today I'm talking with Amy Joe of Amy Joe Original Hats. We're going to learn all about how she got started and how these unique hats are even made. I had no idea. So let's dive right in. All right, Amy Joe. So tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do. Okay. Um, well, as you just said, my name is Amy Joe. I tend to go by AJ and I am what is referred to as a milliner, um, which is someone who makes hats. And I'm actually a bespoke milliner because I tend to like to do mostly custom hats. I love that. And your designs are so gorgeous. I've been following along with you on Instagram for um, some time now. And I just, each of them are more beautiful than the next. It's so hard to, I'm like, I need to buy one, but I just don't know which one. (laughs) Well, and that's the beautiful part. I can make one just for you. True, true. Um, So have you always been creative then or entrepreneurial or is this something, um, you know, that when you were a kid, you were selling something and making stuff all along? um, Or is it something later in life that sort of came from a passion? I I think it's kind of a combination. I've I've always been kind of artistic um, in in some sense, but I've never actually considered myself as a creative person. Um, And then after my daughter had started um, middle school, I had a lot of extra time on my hands because she was definitely more responsible. And and that's when I realized I had this kind of true creative passion. And um, so I would say it's always been there, but it's been um, more heavily nurtured recently. Got it. That makes sense. Um, so what was one of your first jobs or what was your first career? And, you know, maybe are there any lessons from that that you use today or kind of led to what you do today? What I did um, in, in my career before I did what I don't, I don't think of this as much of a, as a career because it's so much fun, but I suppose it really is. Um, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what I was in corporate training and development and um, I worked for uh, only two large companies, um, one straight out of college and then um, moved um, into my second job. And so I only ever really had two companies that I worked for and it was in corporate training and development. So I would say the thing that I learned from being in a corporate environment was um, customer service I get, um, is one of the most important things that I use now and trying to really make sure that I understand what my clients want mm-hmm. and um, and pr- provide it for them. And if I don't feel that I can, I try to be real honest and say, I'm probably not the person to do that for you. But um, yeah. I haven't found that to be the case very often. But I have definitely found that that from my corporate experience, just um, balancing the, the client and making sure that I provide good customer service. That makes sense. And I'm sure even, you know, working in corporate, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs that I talk to, they've always been an entrepreneur or they've worked just for small businesses. So I'm sure with corporate, at least you learn more about the structure or the base. And that's a great thing to build a business on um, is that kind of corporate model. You can learn so many lessons because it's tried and true. You know what I mean? 
Definitely. And I guess the, the other thing that I've learned about corporate is that certainly working for yourself um, it, it certainly provides a lot more flexibility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that's been nice too. So, Oh, definitely. Yeah. So then tell us a little bit more about how you started designing hats. Like where did that come from and what was the process like to dive right in? I have always loved hats and okay. I, um, I started wearing hats in high school which is kind of a funny time to get into that. But, and they're not just like, you know, baseball caps or anything like that, but yeah. formal hats for formal dress-up occasions. And um, I never really considered needing a hat specific to an outfit until I'd say about mm, mid-20s. And then I realized that I liked having an outfit. I think I wanted to be like a princess or something, like Princess <laughs> Guy or Princess Kate. And, um, and, you know, they always had these beautiful hats matching their outfits. And I thought, oh, gosh, that'd be cool. So I started just taking already made plain hats and embellishing them for myself and really liked what it did for an ensemble in terms of making it just look super custom. And you could take just a plain dress and put a hat with it to match. And it, tra- it just transforms an outfit. Um, and then as I started having more and more hats to go with things, I began to realize that I wanted them to be even more customized. And it just, um, I, it occurred to me, I, I'm a Jane Austen fan. And, and as okay. I, you know, have read her books that women used to make hats all the time for themselves. Oh. Um, and there's a couple of episodes in, in, in the books where they talk about their hats and how they're making hats and stuff like that. So Anyway, it just hit me that, oh my gosh, I could make my own hats. And that's pretty much how it started. I, then I just kind of dove in and started figuring out how to do it. So how did you figure out how to do it? Were you just like trial and error? Were you taking classes? Did you have a mentor? Were you watching YouTube videos? Like, I don't even know where I would begin to start to try to design a hat. Well, and that's a great question. And I basically said to myself, okay, women have been wearing hats forever. They've obviously been making hats forever. I can surely do this. And I just needed to figure out where to start, which is I I did YouTube and not so much for a class or showing me how to do it, but just even to understand that you need to have a hat block and Mm -hmm. fabric and you have to form that fabric over a hat block. So I started by purchasing some hat blocks and purchasing what is called cinemai, which is the, that's the material that I primarily work with. There are tons of other materials out there that people can work with. Um, I just find it to be very um, flexible in terms of design function goes. And so I I primarily work with cinemai. And so I bought some hat blocks and I bought some cinemai and um, a, a steamer and just started steaming the fabric over the hat block and trying to create a shape and figuring out how to maintain that shape. And um, so once I got through that part of the process, then I started taking some classes so I could refine my technique. Um, Got it. Yeah. So, and the classes are online through a company called Hat Academy um, oh. in Australia. Yes. So they have great classes and um, that's how I that's how I got started. And so then I guess, you know, that's kind of how you make the base of the hat. But then on top of that, you're kind of adding embellishments or patterns, things like that. So what was the next step in that process? Um, Was it just kind of playing around and seeing what you like? 
Um, how'd you figure out even where to order this stuff from? Excellent question. Also, um, <laughs> it is it's a combination of all of what you just said. Yes, uh-huh. definitely through playing around um, just because in order, as I was saying, I like to have a dress or an outfit to work from in order to create a piece because I just feel uh-huh. like that just gives me the, the palette that I'm working from. And so some of it is if, if I know when I'm looking at a, a dress or skirt and blouse combination, um, I kind of create a vision for what I think the hat that would go with that would look like. And mm-hmm. so then I have to figure out how to make that vision happen. So some of it's just playing around, but um, some of the other parts of embellishments that I use, I use a lot, so not a lot of flowers, but when I do use flowers, I have a company that I found in New York um, okay. that does custom flowers and they've, they're in their fourth or fifth generation, I think, of doing this. Um, oh, they wow. make silk flowers. Yeah, they're fabulous. I was in New York last summer and got to go meet them and um, see their shop and everything, and it's pretty cool. So so if, if I need flowers, I call them and I say, hey, I need um, this many flowers and this color um, and these sizes. And so they're able to do that for me and make them. There are some milliners who make their own flowers. I, okay. Um, I, don't, I haven't gotten into that yet, um, mostly from a time perspective. If I have tight mm-hmm. turnaround time, it's just easier for me to have them make them and send them. That's so. awesome. So the, basically the jumping off point for you then is the outfit. That's sort of the inspiration for a lot of your designs then. Very definitely. Um, I, I'd like, I have a few designs on my site that I just kind of had in mind, and they're classic, basic hats that can kind of go with everything. Mm-hmm. And um, so those weren't necessarily based on any particular outfit, but they're just, they're, they're a nice hat to start with if you want to begin to build your hat inventory. Um, but you, you don't want to go with a custom hat because that really just kind of only goes for one or two outfits. Um, Got it. So some of those, yeah, are, are meant to be worn with many outfits. Um, and then when you get into the ultra custom, it's pretty much a one dress or one outfit hat that makes sense so the ones on your website right now that anyone could order at any time those are more versatile and you know you could wear them with a few outfits and they're not necessarily specific for one thing well um on my website it's kind of broken up where there's um ready to wear hats that are kind of they're Mm pre-made just because i was playing around and wanted to create something and so those are available now but for the most part, when people contact me, it's going to take about three or four weeks for us to arrive at um, the design that they're looking for and for me to then make the hat and ship it. Okay, that so, makes sense. So yeah. most of, so what percentage would you say, I guess a large percentage is probably custom then versus, you know, ready to wear. Yes. That, and, Got it. And I kind of have tried to find a niche for myself in that regard. I don't carry a lot of inventory of pre-made mm-hmm hats um, that I've just making and keep on hand. I really have tried to stick to the custom process um, because it, I find it a lot more fun and creative. Definitely. No, I think that that makes total sense. So are most people when they're um, ordering these hats, what sort of events are they ordering them for? I'm sure Derby, but I now with everyone so interested in the Royals, I feel like Hats are kind of on the rise a little bit. So maybe it's more than that. I've seen, you know, um, bridal showers and baby showers that are sort of themed where it's a tea party and everyone wears hats. Um, What else are you sort of seeing? It's been a a good mix and a huge mix. There is um, in 
the beginning of the year or the start of any year, um, Mardi Gras ha- has ah. become a huge source of orders for me because it's in Mobile, Alabama. That's um, where they claim the start of Mardi Gras, and mm-hmm. they have a debutante season that coincides with it. And the debutantes all wear hats for uh, it's like a week long event that ah. they have hats for every occasion. So that's a, a big, huge source of orders. And then also, of course, the horse races are just gigantic for me yeah. um, in terms of season. So this year has been a little bit odd in that regard. Um, <laughs> but definitely weddings, bridal showers. I had a client who went to church with the queen. So that was exciting because she wow. was, was very exciting. Um, and just I wear a hat every Sunday to church. So I okay. do have some people who order them for those occasions. Luncheons are big. There are a lot of luncheons that are hat occasions, mm-hmm. um, garden parties. There's a huge one in Naples that um, they, they do a hat luncheon. Um, so that's also a source. That's awesome. So when did you realize then that this was more than just a hobby? You know, you were designing these hats, uh, but when did it actually transition then into, oh, this this is a business for me? It was about seven years ago. And I, as I was telling you, I wear hats every once a week at least. And yep. um, I had people seeing them and commenting on them. And I thought, you know, maybe I could sell hats and thought I, I'll put them on Etsy and see if anyone is interested. And I actually started to get orders, which I was super excited about. And that's oh when gosh. I also realized that there was a bit of a niche for custom mm-hmm. um, because people who are going to the races want to have something that's just completely customized to their outfit and um, have that special look. So that's, it was about seven years ago when I really transitioned from just making them for myself to making them for other people. Okay. And so that happened then by putting them on Etsy. But so it sounds like you didn't really have to market them that much. Like the customers were just kind of finding you through an Etsy search or maybe it was people seeing you in person then. Um, right. I, yeah. I think the springboard was in person. And then once I got onto Etsy, I was really surprised by the exposure that that provided and that people were really searching specifically for hats and customized hats in that market. So that, that was fun for me to, to realize, oh my goodness, this is something that I really enjoy doing and that people want to buy. Um, so that's, that's amazing. That. So I guess then what was some of, I guess your first step then was putting it on Etsy was your first step to turning it into a business. Um, but then how else are you reaching consumers? Like, are you using Instagram? Are you doing pop-up shops or trunk shows? How um, are people following you and you spreading the word a little bit about it? I am doing a combination of those things, although not much lately. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. At least the pop-up shops. I've done a few pop-up shops and um, some holiday um, markets. Uh-huh. And those have been good, but really word of mouth has probably been one of my biggest sources for clients. And then I also do quite a bit on Pinterest. Oh. Um, believe it or not, Pinterest feeds a tremendous amount of clients my way. And then the balance of that, I would say Instagram. I've um, had some pretty good exposure through Instagram and the networking that Instagram provides. Which, Definitely. Uh, which is how I met you. 
Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, that's so funny about Pinterest because more and more I'm hearing that it's becoming such a tool for businesses and brands. So it's funny that you mentioned that. So are you just posting pictures of your designs and linking back to your website, basically? Right. I have been doing that through my um, my website for a couple of years and have really found that about half of the traffic on my website is from Pinterest. Wow. Right. And then I have probably, I would say, 10% of the traffic um, from Instagram and uh-huh. then just people searching for hats through web searches. Are the, That's so interesting. I feel like most people right now, you know, the majority of their business is coming through Instagram versus Pinterest. So that's really, I think that's a great tip for anyone, you know, listening that um, has a business to maybe check out. Pinterest instead of Instagram. I think Instagram's sort of our go-to, but it's not always working for everyone, especially with algorithms. So definitely check that out. And it, it could be um, product dependent, I guess. Yeah. But um, in terms of fashion, I have been shocked by how much Pinterest drives my numbers just in terms of traffic. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I've heard great things. So that's, and I took actually a course on it the other week. So that's funny that you mentioned that. Okay, well, maybe I need to take a class too. <laughs> yeah, I'll send, you, I'll send you that information. Um, okay, the one I took. Helen's really great. She has a lot of great information. Excellent. Um, okay, so how, you know, obviously with everything going on right now in the middle of COVID um, and events being canceled and um, these derbies being canceled, even people aren't going to church or having to do it online. How has that, um, you know, affected your business and kind of how have you pivoted because of that? Huge impact. Definitely. I have typically in the last couple of years been doing anywhere from 40 to 50 hats for the Kentucky Derby. And so the spring is my typically my busiest season. And by now I'm taking a deep breath and kicking back and relaxing Mm -hmm. after having been so busy, but that has definitely not been the case. Um, so one of the things that I've tried to do is um, dig into a, a few more online classes and just develop some new techniques. Yeah. Um, I've also tried to create a little bit of inventory in the hopes that when things open back up, I at least could have some basics on hand and ready to go. Yeah. And I've also tried to do a little bit more in developing my marketing approach mm-hmm. and um, just trying to reach out to people and to develop some relationships that uh, can keep my name out there and in people's thought process. So I have been working with someone in Nashville, and um, she's been fabulous. Um, Mrs. Southern Social. I don't know if you yes, know. Yeah, Mary. Southern, yeah. She's been fabulous. And um, as a result of working with her specifically for the Tennessee Steeplechase, which is being run tomorrow, um, she's had a segment on television and she's been in the end focus magazine and so i've really tried to work on the marketing angle and trying to keep my name out there no that's smart and i think so many of us no matter what your business is during all of this it's been a time where we can sort of reflect and do things that we haven't had time to do before or things that have always been in the back of our mind, but, you know, we're so busy or so focused on something else. So it's really made us think creatively and do things a little bit differently. And sometimes that's a good thing, you know? It's, it's been a nice time to take a deep breath. Um, it, it was, it was definitely, I mean, I can't even imagine that how everybody felt because it, I know it was just very sad for me to just watch everything kind of 
fall apart mm-hmm. <laughs> in the spring season. So, um, so I, I do know how many people feel when everything shut down. Um, but it was it was at least an opportunity to just dig in and and think about how I do what I do and ways I can do it better. Certainly, and it's funny because we um, I'm in the Philadelphia suburbs up here, and we have Devon Horse Show um, every uh, okay. fall and spring. And so the spring, there's normally a ladies hat day, actually. It's like one of my favorite events of the spring. And so that got canceled, obviously, but they did a little virtual um, contest. I don't, I didn't attend it. I had something else um, to do that day, but I think people are getting creative. Like for that, they had different um, categories that you would be judged on and you would just go in front of a Zoom essentially. And they had judges like Carson Cressley and um, Patricia from Southern Charm and a few others. So I think sometimes, you know, people are getting creative and it might not be as impactful or it might not be, you know, what you hoped it was. But have you seen anything like that with any of the events or races, Um, just doing something different? Yes. Uh, actually, I'm a member of the Milliners Guild, which okay. is um, a, a group of millinery business owners throughout the United States. And there's about, uh, there's more than 50 of us now. Um, and wow. we did an event linked with Royal Ascot, where we had people um, take pictures of royals from events, specific, specifically targeting Royal Ascot, but say a picture of Kate Middleton from years past in Royal Ascot, and then try to recreate the photo of her. Oh. Um, similar to what a lot, I think initially uh, when we were all in quarantine, um, you saw art being emulated. Mm-hmm. So people yeah. were taking famous art pictures and then emulating that. So that's what we tried to do with the Royal Ascot. And it's been a lot of fun. Um, if you... Uh, go to the Milliner's Guild Challenge. I think it's a hashtag on Instagram, Milliner's Guild Challenge. You can see pictures of people who have tried to recreate royals. Um, and some of them are super clever. That's really cool and so creative. Oh my gosh, I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, that's, um, that's so kind of on the flip side then of challenges, what's been some of your greatest successes or pinch me moments, moments that you're really proud of that you've um, achieved through your business? I've had such tremendous success um and surprising i mean i'm super happy about it because you know it's it's all you you do want to pinch yourself when people and they want to keep having it um so that's one way but um recently for the 2019 kentucky oaks there's a big fashion contest that's um pretty well known and it's the the kentucky oaks is the day before the kentucky derby and it's the day that all the ladies wear pink okay and the longines um company does a big fashion contest and my client won last year. Wow. Yes. So she was wearing an Amy Jo original hat when she won. And um, so there was a lot of, a lot of fanfare, a lot of publicity. So that was huge. Absolutely huge. Um, it's kind of the pinnacle in the hat world to be able to win. Yeah. One of those. And, and what, the- what did her outfit look like in her hat? Well, can you paint a picture beautiful. for us? Um, it was, it was all pink and okay. she wore a fascinator. Um, done in pink with a beautiful pink peony and some horsehair crinoline. It was uh, custom made for her outfit. I've actually worked with this particular client for a number of years, and she's always placed, or often placed in the top 10. And so this year it was just amazing that she won. And you kind of get treated like royalty at the Derby. She um, she got access to the, the I, I don't know, I'm going to call it the clubhouse, but I think there's another term for it. 
Okay. And she won one of the Longines watches valued at like $10,000. I mean, there's a huge package that comes with oh winning it. A lot of photo ops. She ended up getting featured in Garden and Gun um, on their online magazine. Um, not a full feature, but just, you know, her picture was in it. So yeah. that was really cool. Um, so that was definitely a, a, a humongous pinch me moment. Um, and also um, another success that was surreal was that um, we, the Milliner's Guild has had some hats on display at the Metropolitan Museum in New York. And um, we've had two different displays there, and I've had the opportunity to have my hat on display, two hats on display at the Met. Oh, my um, goodness. That's think, amazing. Yeah. it's. I mean, that's not something you often would think about, but um, they were linked with different exhibits that were going on at the museum, and so they were themed to kind of um, match the exhibit. And that was a lot of fun. And just wow. amazing to be able to tell friends of mine that, that, oh, hey, when you're in New York, look at my hat. It's nice. <laughs> Not everyone can say that. That's amazing. Yeah, right. And so that, that uh, I would say those are my two biggest pinch me moments. And then I also have um, been able to work with some celebrities that Ooh. I couldn't have imagined that I would have that opportunity. So that's also been a really big deal. Can you t- tell us who the celebrities are? Or? I feel like I have to maintain some client confidence. That's fine. But, um, Understandable. Should, That's I, exciting. I would love to. <laughs> but <laughs> knowing that I've been able to work with them. So I, I can say I did work with a client who um, was at a, a hat luncheon with Oprah. And she's my, my hat is pictured right next to Oprah. <laughs> oh, that is really exciting. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All of those things are you should be so proud of yourself. It is a lot of fun, and it's something I would ne- I never would have anticipated. So it's been unreal. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about your design process. So you said most of the time the inspiration um, comes from the outfit or whatever they're wearing. So what's your first step? I guess are you creating the form and then um, you know deciding what you're going to put on it? Like how long does it take you from idea to the hats finished and on someone sort of thing? Um, some of that is client dependence because okay. sometimes clients will say, here's my dress. I want this shape with these colors and this kind of look. And I'll, you know, I say, okay, that's great. Um, I, so that, that part is pretty straightforward when they know exactly what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, then there are a lot of other times where clients will say, here's my dress. What do you think would look good? And there'll be a little bit of a back and forth exchange about, well, these are the shapes that I think would look good with the cut of that dress or knowing the shape of your face, um, how tall you are, things like that. So that can play into the design. Um, And then I do have just a very few clients that I've worked with who um, I'll look at what they are going to wear and I don't necessarily have a block in stock for that, but I'm willing to order one and that can create quite a bit of lead time because it takes about a month. I get my blocks from London, my hat blocks. And so I, it takes about a month um, to six weeks to have that made and then shipped over here for me to be able to use to make something. Um, So there are a variety of different ways that a hat can start and, um, but I would say the average amount of time that it takes from the point where somebody makes contact with me, shows me their dress, and I make a hat is typically between three to four weeks. Okay. From... That's not that bad for something custom. No. Now, it, the lead time can be quite a bit longer during 
the typical busy season of mm -hmm. um, February, March, April. So, but on average, I can have a hat out the door in about three to four weeks. And sometimes okay, faster if, if I'm not particularly busy. That's really cool. So a little bit about these hat blocks, because I have, I've never made a hat, obviously, or <laughs> um, know that much about it. So there's different, so if you wanted, let's say like a pillbox shape, that there's a specific hat block for that then? Yeah. Is that what you mean by you'd have yeah. to order a different style or? Exactly. So um, there, and I, I try to keep my hat blocks. I, I try to order a couple of new blocks every year just to keep changing styles and keep fresh inventory as far as what I can do. Um, but yes. So if you, whenever you see a hat on someone's head, it's likely been blocked from a block that looks like that shape. <clears throat> okay. And they're typically like a pillbox is just one piece. But mm -hmm. um, a hat that has a crown and a brim, those are typically blocked in two pieces and then sewn together. The, the crown okay. is the part that sits on top of your head, and then the brim is the part that goes around your face and creates Got the it. shade around your face. Yeah, so. Um, okay, that makes sense. Now, now I understand it. I didn't realize that. That's really interesting, actually. Uh, right uh, now, all kinds of shapes and sizes. <laughs> so how many would you say? Like, are there hundreds of these? Oh gosh, then? yes. You you okay. could have literally hundreds of blocks. Um, I have found, I have, um, you know, I don't think I've actually counted how many blocks I have, but I have about six or seven different crown blocks, mm -hmm. or the part that sits on the top of your head, and then I have, I would say, uh, right off the top of my head, I can't even think about maybe ten to twelve okay. brim blocks. Um, but I have found that I typically use about five consistently that are the most popular design in terms of just versatility for a lot of different styles. Okay. <coughs> and I'm sure that kind of might change with trends and stuff exactly. too, right? Right. Like I've been starting to make a lot more fascinators lately. Yeah. I feel like the Royals are always wearing them and people have kind of got them on their radar right now. Right. Yep. So yeah. Got it. Okay, so who is the Amy Jo girl? Like, who's your target market? Who's your customer? That, um, you know, that's a great question. And I would say that my target customer is somebody who is preppy, for one thing. Um, <laughs> but not necessarily always just preppy. However, yeah. I'm preppy, so that's kind of the designs that I really love to make. Um, they're confident. They're Because I think that you're, you have to exude a certain kind of confidence to be able to carry off a hat. Um, yep. So they're going to be preppy and confident and willing to stand out in the crowd um, in, in a good way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that, that, I would say that's my perfect Amy Jo person. Bright, bold Her colors. I love that. So going off of that, then, who would be your dream customer or client to wear your designs? If you could have any celebrity or royal or uh, maybe even an icon that may no longer be with us, but who would be your dream? I would pick Grace Kelly. Yes. Yes. Um, she's classic. Just classic. I know a lot of people are really into Audrey Hepburn, and I think Audrey mm -hmm. is lovely, but um, yeah, Grace Kelly, because she kind of combines that whole American royal aspect. Yeah. So, yeah. But she's gorgeous too. She's a Philadelphia girl too. Well, so. oh, there you go. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> um, she's a great one to pick though. 
So we mentioned that your style is a little preppy and your customer is as well. Um, And obviously this is the preppy podcast. So what does preppy (laughs) mean to you? Preppy, I have been a preppy forever. And to me, it means classic. Um, Mm -hmm. It means color and print. Um, But I really think, I I think when I think preppy, I think classic and classical and timeless. Definitely. Those are all great answers. I think navy and green and pink. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) for sure those colors. (laughs) Those are the the primary words that come to mind. Um, And enduring. I I just, I feel like the preppy style is a very enduring style. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. So (laughs) what's next for you and your business? Any fun plans or things that you're working on that you're excited about that you can share? Um, I, as I was telling you, I am um, right now just kind of digging into looking at ways to create new design. And mm-hmm. um, I'm also starting to look at maybe working with some materials other than cinema. So okay. that could be exciting for me. Um, I haven't, I haven't completely gotten comfortable with another fabric yet, but I'm working on that. And okay. that will certainly expand what I can offer. Um, I don't really foresee myself ever getting into any hats that can be worn in the fall and winter um, oh, in terms okay. of like felt or anything uh-huh. like that. Um, I, I live in Florida. And so I, I don't have a particularly big market for it myself for, yeah. or what I wear personally. Um, so I would say I'm probably going to stay away from felt. I think it's mm-hmm. lovely. But I'm more into the summer straws and um, the you know cooler hats on your head. So the material that you mentioned that you normally work with is that that like meshy netty looking material? Is that what that is that you're talking about? Yes, it's it's um, an abaca fiber, okay. an abaca straw, which is a, a fiber from the banana plant. Oh, um, yes, and it's. Um, so it's, it's a woven fiber, but it is a natural fiber. And so that's what I work with. And I typically order, interestingly, I either get my stuff out of New York Mm -hmm. or, um, Australia. Australia is a huge source for me. And I think part of it is because they are, um, located near where the material is sourced closer to it. So I, I, I have found the ability to get more variety from there. Um, but I've also been able to get a lot of material from New York, too. That's interesting, because didn't you say that your classes, um, they're from an Australian company, too? Yes, Hat Academy. And um, That's really funny. I wonder, I feel like sometimes with Australia, they have, um, they're a little bit more cutting edge in terms of style, like with interior design or even fashions, they always have really cool things. Right. So it's funny. Well, it's been interesting for me to realize how small the millinery world is. And, um, and so, yeah, Australia is far away, but really in terms of any kind of, um, collaboration within the craft itself, it's a small world. Definitely. For sure. That's awesome. All right. So my final question is, uh, where can people find you? Let us know your Instagram handle, your Pinterest now, I guess too, um, and your website, where can people discover Amy Jo? I, uh, they can discover Amy Jo at amyjooriginalhats.com online. Um, mm-hmm. And then my Pinterest is Amy Jo Original Hats. It's all very easy. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then, um, so that I'm so sorry, that was Instagram. And, okay. Uh, actually, the same for Pinterest. The same for Pinterest. That's original. nice. Nice and streamlined. Yeah. So um, just look for Amy Jo Original Hats. And if someone wants to get a hat design, then they'll just email you through your website. Is that generally how it works? Typically, um, yeah. They just send me an email through the website. And I'm, I try to be fairly responsive, like we were talking about earlier. Um, that's one of the things that I, I definitely try to do is be very client responsive. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'll respond pretty quickly, um, even if I'm on vacation, just because <laughs> I know when you want something, you want something. And so yeah. it's nice to have somebody at least uh, acknowledge what you want exactly that's perfect well thank you so much amy joe thank you i appreciate it thank you so much for listening to the preppy podcast i hope this put a little prep in your step for the day please subscribe rate and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the preppy podcast on social media